Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So smooth, so sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. What a goal! Sensational! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. The world is left to wonder, wide-eyed, thrilled, bemused. How on earth did that happen? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wonder Gold, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. I am your host today, BJ Cunningham, alongside my co-host and friend, Anthony DeBundo. Michael Lewoff will be back for the next episode, but we are talking second leg of the Champions League, Europa League, and even a little Europa Conference League. So we're going to start in chronological order here. First up, on Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, Virial hosting Liverpool. Liverpool is minus 145 road favorite. Villarreal is sitting at plus 370 with the draw at plus 300. Liverpool has taken a 2-0 advantage after the first leg at Anfield, and they're now minus 6,000 to advance while Villarreal is sitting at 1,600. That first leg was very interesting. Uh, I, I wasn't that encouraged at all by Villarreal's performance. They tried to essentially do the same game plan that they did against Bayern Munich, but they just ran into a much better version of Bayern Munich. Um, but Anthony, I'm very interested to get your thoughts on what you thought Villarreal struggled with or really what they didn't do well in the first leg. And then what do you think they need to do in the second leg to have any shot of getting back in this tie? I thought they defended pretty well, really. Uh, you know, the first half Liverpool had 12 shots, 0.7 ish XG. There was a Couple of chances. Tiago hits the post from outside the box. Mane had the slip before he was able to really get a shot off there. So I thought Villarreal defended well, but at a certain point, you needed to have some kind of counterattack. You have to generate more than one shot, and they just never really looked like they had anywhere near a chance of not even just scoring, but creating a chance or two, or even a half chance. Uh, you know, I was expecting Villarreal to get more looks to get in behind. Even if they get caught off sides a little bit, maybe they would take some chances there. They just couldn't get through. And I think that's really a classic example of, of the difference between Liverpool and Bayern. Bayern was one of the great pressing teams. They won the Champions League. They had this guy named Tiago in the midfield in 2020. Uh, Tiago plays for Liverpool now. He's really good. Fabinho, one of the best defensive midfielders in the world. Van Dyke. All these guys are just better than what Bayern was offering, and Villarreal didn't really have an answer. And I don't really know what they do – an attack to change that. I thought they had decent, you know, they have good ball playing technical passing players, whether it's their center backs or their passing defensive midfielders, or even the wingers like Chukweze, they have the ability to do it. But the question is, you know, is Liverpool's press as good on the road? 
Is Liverpool have their foot off the gas up 2-0? Those are really the betting questions that I'm most interested in. I'll be maybe looking at some props here, but I can't get there on the number. I was hoping to get Virial plus one at like minus 110, minus 100. I probably would have fired just because I think Liverpool have played. They've been, they've, they've been up in both of their knockout matches. They were up two goals in both matches and they kind of just cruised, failed to cover the spread. Both matches lost to enter tied Benfica. So I don't really know what we're going to get from Liverpool here, but the number is just not good enough for me to fade them given the, the just the overwhelming difference in, in firepower uh, 30, or 20 shots to one in the last match, 1.8 XG to 0.2. I mean, you, you watch the match, you know what happened, but I just thought I would, I thought we'd get more counterattacking punch from Villarreal than we did. I thought the defensive part of it went well and it just, they just never had a chance to get that counter going and, and that, or even to play through the press consistently enough, if you don't want to call it a counter. Yeah. I, the problem I have, so what Villarreal really likes to try to do, we've obviously talked about their four, four, two, their two low blocks, but they're, actually a very possession dominant team in La Liga. They love to do a lot of buildup play from the back. If you watch when they take goal kicks, you know, their two center backs basically go out wide and they set up these passing structures, you know, outside the box. Well, against Bayern, that kind of worked because it drew Bayern in with their, with their high line coming way in. It pushed all of their wingers and all midfielders out wide. It created a lot of openness in the middle of the pitch, which allowed them to filter the ball, you know, pass the ball through their pressure, get it in the middle, and then move it forward off, based off Bayern's high line. But like you mentioned, when you have guys like Fabinho and Thiago, who are two of the best pressing defensive type midfielders in the world, it's hard to play that type of build up attack in it from the back possession structures and get it moving forward and essentially try to slow down the match because that was really Villarreal's only chance because they're not going to be able to play with Liverpool in an up and down style match. But now they find themselves in a situation where that's exactly what they have to do. So now we go have to go back to the first leg against Bayern Munich where they did that kind of similar slow style, but then they, burst through with a bunch of counterattacks and they took the game right to Bayern. They pressed them and they really caused them a lot of problems. So that's what they have to try to do in the second leg against Liverpool. And listen, they could get waxed for nothing, but if they come out with that type of, we have nothing to lose, let's press them. Let's take the game right to them and let's take some chances and be aggressive. I do think they have a shot. What was concern, not really concerning, but frustrating to me is when they went down to nothing And they started to get more possession towards the back and Liverpool kind of sat off a little bit with the two nil lead. The press just kept forcing the ball backwards. At some point you have to take a chance over the top. I understand Van Dyke is pretty much one of the best center backs in the world, especially at thwarting away all of those long balls uh, and really protecting that high line. But that is my opinion what is what Villarreal has to do. They can't just keep passing the ball backwards and trying to create a possession structure and go forward. It's just not going to work with a 2 0 deficit. So I agree with you. I can't get there on the number. I have Liverpool at minus 130. I don't really have a good feeling or inkling of what to play live here. Even if Liverpool scores first, I don't think I'm going to be playing Villarreal live. It'll really just depend on what Villarreal decides to come out in. You know, are they really going to come out in the 4 4 2 and stay in two low blocks or are they going to take the game to Liverpool? So from a live scenario, it's going to have to be really what Villarreal does. But we talk about with Liverpool, maybe they're just invincible because now they have a match against Tottenham this next weekend, which is massive for not only them, but Tottenham as well. So are they just going to keep going and rolling, roll through the FA Cup, get to the Champions League final and beat 
probably Manchester City again. Like, is this team just invincible? I don't know. Maybe they are, but it's it just keeps coming week in and week out. I mean, this past weekend against Newcastle just completely dominated them. Didn't even let them sniff the net. Obviously, this final scoreline was one nothing, but that was a completely dominant performance by them. So, um, and Villarreal, like they lost to Alabase this past weekend in La Liga, which is if you like, I've mentioned with Alabase on this podcast a couple of times, they are probably the worst team in La Liga or very close to it. So that is a tad concerning, even though it's a sandwich spot. So yeah, I think we're both on the same uh, the same page here, where we just can't get the, to the number on Villarreal, and uh, most likely Liverpool is probably going to move on to the final. Yeah, you know, I wanted to get like a good BTDS number, but it's really not even there. Uh, yeah. Minus one sixty, no thanks. Yeah, that's way too uh, high. You, you you could look to play it live, maybe. You know, you come watch the match, see how the match is progressing. Uh, I am writing the preview for this match. I'm pro- probably going to dive into some props. We don't have enough available right now, so I'm going to look more into that over the next couple of days and as we get closer to Tuesday. But uh, I'm not really sure what to make of this line. And I think, you know, my projection is pretty close to spot on, actually. But of course, I was high on Villarreal coming into the the first leg relatively slightly, uh, not even that much really anymore, uh, and then downgrade them considerably off of that. But you also have to factor in that Liverpool doesn't need to win. So that is deflating the number a bit here. Whereas if this were a must-win spot, I think we'd see it you know, closer to minus 180-ish, like what Byron was in the first leg. I wish they had also flipped the legs. I always prefer the dog to play the first match at home and kind of makes for a better tie. But now they are pretty, pretty well cooked. Yeah. It sets up the better final. So It does. It does. So let's move on to that. Other tie, uh, Real Madrid hosting Manchester City after one of the more chaotic semifinals that I can remember. Uh, Man City is an even money road favorite. Real Madrid sitting at plus 230 with the draw at plus 290. Man City with that 4-3 advantage is minus 482 advanced, while Real Madrid is plus 350. Yeah, just absolute chaos in that first match. Not really what... I was expecting, uh, you know, I did project some value on the over in that first leg, but given what we've seen from Pep Guardiola throughout this entire season, I don't think any of us saw that match just exploding into a back and forth, four, three type of match. And really, you know, I'll just kick it to you here first. I thought that Real Madrid, I mean, Man City was completely dominant for most of the match, but Real Madrid just has some sort of magic right now that is keeping them in this tie and they may well just bend some of their way all the way to the final. So what do you, what were your thoughts on the first leg and what does Real Madrid need to do or what do you think Man City needs to do to get to the final? Yeah. I, you know, we, we talked about this last week and the two biggest concerns were that Cancelo was suspended and that Walker was out and how would they cope with the counter-attacking ability, with Vinicius on the on the left wing, uh, and how would Not they good. manage to control the game? Because City's structure, their possession structure, usually controls games. But what we've seen this year, when they've had to go to some of the reserves, like the Liverpool match and the FA Cup even, they don't get that kind of control when they don't have the main guys in there. And they were... I don't want to take away from City's performance because they were by far the better team. You look at pressures, you look at shots, you look at big chances created... Uh, you look at just, you know, you watch the match. You, there was no doubting who the better side was. You know, you're reading the papers the next day and it was about how City squandered a dominant performance and was only up one goal. And now they were in danger of going out uh, in Madrid, which is all technically true. I think we're getting a discount on City here. And I think the market came down quite a bit. 
already. So maybe not quite as much as I thought we were going to get. I thought I was going to get a, uh, thought it was going to be real plus a quarter. We are now looking at real plus a half uh, with city damn near even money. So the money has come in on city here. I agree with it a hundred percent. I'm going to be waiting though to play it because I want to see what Kyle Walker status is going to be. We know Cancela will be back. We assume Diaz should be good to go Laporte, but we don't know the status of Kyle Walker. And I think that's really important. We saw Fernandinho as good as he was on that cross. And uh, we, we were joking about, you know, Fernandinho right back. And you know, like, as if this was some revelation. And then we were like, well, Fernandinho right back when he got rinsed by Vinicius. So if you think about the game, you know, Real gets three goals, Benzema great finish on a meh cross. Vinicius has the one great move and then they get a pen off of nothing. So but then you compare that to City. What, three point-blank sh- chances? They hit the post. They had another great chance that uh, Foden hit wide. And uh, so there was no denying that City was able to easily break through this Real team. I don't hate the idea of targeting like a, a live uh, you know, team total over for City. See how this is playing out. The over one and a half is at minus 140. I don't see any way Real stops this team if they want to just open it up and City wants to let it rip. Again, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I I have City at minus one hundred nine, so I'm I'm with you. I was I I said in our minus, minus one minus one fifteen for me, minus one fifteen. Yeah, so we're right on. So right after that match, you know, I texted Anthony and Michael, and I said I'm playing City anything plus plus money. Like it's like after watching that, I was like that was such a dominant performance, and I was hoping that we could get City at plus one twenty, plus one twenty five, given the fact that they didn't need to win the match, but. As you, as you mentioned, the money has come in on City and they've come down a little bit. What's interesting for me is, are they really going to play Zinchenko again? Because we've seen time and time again, he's not a good defender. Like he's very good at getting forward, progressing the ball forward, swinging crosses. He's not that great of a defender. So is Cancelo going to play on the left or is Zinchenko going to play on the right? Are they going to flip that? What's going to happen? If Kyle Walker's back, I mean, there is no doubt, like I'm playing City. But if he's out, that creates a little bit of a problem for City. And also Real Madrid's getting Casemiro back, which I think is massive for them because as you saw Tony Cruz and Modric are not defensive midfielders they're not good yeah they they cannot sit back and defend for full 90 minutes and they really struggle at tracking runners which happened in the first goal with De Bruyne Cruz didn't track him so and David Alba who had a really really bad game uh was very very poor at you know he's traditionally a left back but he's been forced to play center back for a lot of this season for Real Madrid, he had a really bad game and uh, created that opening for De Bruyne on the first goal with Cruz not tracking him, leaving Carvajal in, in a no man's land. And De Bruyne just puts a, a, you know, a pretty good cross away. And I think what we saw, at least from that first 90 seconds, I really do think Real Madrid was going to do what they were going to do in the first leg against PSG. I really thought that they were just going to sit in and play extremely defensive and just try to get this match back to Madrid with a one goal deficit, but instead they give up two goals in the first 10 minutes and they're forced to play open. And yes, like you mentioned, you know, amazing play from Vinicius gets in one goal, you know, Benzema takes a, a decent cross and puts it away and then they get a penalty. And next thing you know, it's four, three. So what's concerning to me and what's giving me pause. And I know you're not going to like this, but the second leg against Atletico Madrid, that the second half, especially in Madrid, was very, very concerning if you're somebody who wants to back City here because Atletico, Simeone basically got that to the the second half and then chance after chance and they just couldn't put it away. Well, who's finishing at the craziest rate in the world right now? Kareem Benzema and Vinicius Jr. So 
listen, if City wants to sit in and, and control 60% possession again and, you know, pep this game, they most likely could. But at some point, those openings just become too enticing to just exploit. And and if it keeps happening over and over again, yes, City could run up the score here. But there is some magic with Real Madrid right now that I really don't understand what is going on. I mean, Kareem Benzema has over 40 goals, or he has 40 goals this season, which is just insane for somebody who's 34 years old. Um, but again, that second leg against Atletico in the second half is giving me a lot of pause with City, especially when we don't know what they're going to do at right back to try and defend Venetius. It's probably going to be Cancelo, would be my guess, and they'll probably put Zinchenko on the left. But then again, you're leaving him one-on-one with Rodrigo, who is also an incredibly talented winger. So it's very, very interesting. I, From the total standpoint, it's very funny because the total over three goals was plus 110 in the first leg. After seven goals, it's now over three goals. is at minus 115 and climbing. So no real value on the total here. I agree with you. I'm probably going to end up taking City, but I do want to wait. I agree with you again for the status of Kyle Walker. And I also want to see what the market's going to do. Are we going to have a recorrection towards Real Madrid and people saying, oh my gosh, fourth, you know, they hung with City. They scored three goals on them. You know, they're at home. They're the team that needs to win. Like, could we get some public money and overcorrect back towards Real Madrid? Maybe. Who knows? But um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm definitely in on City and we're we're staring down the barrel at a City, uh, City Liverpool uh, fourth meeting of the season, which is going to be incredibly epic similar to you know city chelsea last year after playing each other so many times down the stretch it's going to be it's going to be incredible and it also shows why the premier league is the best league in the world yeah it's only become that more so in the last few years with the money redistribution one last thing for me and and this is about you know cancelo coming back and and kind of to your point about Atleti and real i think it is a fair point but i also wonder like real madrid is not good defensively they haven't been good defensively all year Atleti is still an elite defensive side and I, you know, we've talked about them. I've criticized them and said what, whatever I've said. But Real is eighth in La Liga in XG against. They're tenth in progressive passes allowed, and they're they're bottom half of the league in crosses allowed too. So they're just not a good defensive side going up against an elite progressive passing side with City, the best in the world, who's getting their best passer back. If we're being honest with Cancelo, and then they're going to have open season on the crosses. And we saw how effective they were with crosses in the first leg. I don't see any of that changing. And I think, you know, home field advantage re- is real here, but I also think it, it kind of just gives us a better price on the much better team. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to play city, but again, I'm going to wait a little bit and kind of see how the market reacts. I also don't hate, and we'll get into this more. I'm going to get into the best bets. I don't hate the city on the, like the alt line here, because I think, my point is that if, if if they're truly this much better than Real, which I have believed all year, and they take a few of those chances and it's like 5-2, you know, are we that surprised if, if the first leg had ended 5-2 or 5-3 or 4-2? Or you know, so I think City very much has an ability to get margin, especially if Real has to chase. Because we haven't seen a lot of City on the counter this year, but they're very, very effective. Foden, you know, Grealish may come in. De Bruyne has gotten so much better as a runner with the ball at his feet through the midfield. So, and Gabriel Jesus too, another good attacking option who's played well lately. So I think, I think city has a real opportunity to rip a team on the counter, kind of what they did to PSG last year, even going back to what I said last week, let PSG come onto them, rip them up on the counter and uh, into the final they go. I make Liverpool plus one Oh seven neutral site one match. So that'll be fun. 
Yeah, I'm at City minus 104 uh, to lift the trophy against Liverpool. So that is going to be very interesting. Also, City team total over one and a half is minus 140. Would like a little bit of a better number on that one, but that one is also kind of interesting. If you do believe that City is going to just thrash Real Madrid on the counter or basically thrash one, you know, the eighth best defense in, in Spain, then you avoid getting Benzema, which has happened to a lot of teams this year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're both in on City. We're staring down the barrel at a City-Liverpool final, which is going to be epic. Um, but uh, yeah, it's probably City moving on unless some magic happens with Carlo Ancelotti and Benzema coming off, winning the La Liga title this weekend. I can't take any more magic from that team. I need them. <laughs> need them like, been, uh, I mean, they killed me. They killed, they yeah. killed my PSG ticket. And then I had Chelsea. I had a Chelsea to advance ticket, and I haven't bet City yet, but I'm likely betting them Wednesday. And I saw in the rumor mill uh, today. I, I love just for everybody out there. This is sidetracking, but I love just looking up uh, transfer rumors that have no material like uh, value to them, or like they're never going to happen. But this one might. But I heard that Real Madrid wants Cristiano back this summer, <laughs> which could be very, very funny and awesome. All right, let's move on to the Europa League's second legs. Let's first start Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Frankfurt hosting West Ham. Frankfurt has a 2-1 advantage after a thrilling match at the London Stadium. They are plus 145 at home. West Ham is sitting at plus 185. The draw at plus 240. Frankfurt's minus 422 advance. West Ham at plus 310 to get to the final. It was an interesting first leg. Uh, The West Ham team that we've seen in the Premier League, which has dipped incredibly in form, kind of uh, showed up for a little, like the first minute of that match after giving up a goal uh, in the first minute. And then Frankfurt kind of sat in defensively. West Ham dominated most of the match. And then they get a goal in the second half, take a 2-1 advantage back to Germany. I really thought West Ham was the better side for the match. And I'm probably going to end up playing them in this second leg. But what do you, what are your thoughts on Frankfurt West Ham's second leg, Anthony? Yeah, it was a great first match. I, I almost hate when early goals happen because it kind of takes away from what we can really learn from the match because yeah, like Frankfurt sat back, but they were up a goal on the road. I mean, they're going to sit deeper naturally. They still had more successful pressures of 56 to 35 West Ham continues to slide. I lean West Ham here because, and this is a spot where I think I have the slightly better team in West Ham overall. Uh, They're on the road, yes, but if it's a tie game late, I think they're the ones who are going to be pouring the numbers forward and and Frankfurt is going to be the one sitting deeper. So naturally, just based on game state alone, you're going to get a more more chances for West Ham to get back into this match, just generally how it works. And they could get countered and get cooked, but... uh, I'm, I'm thinking generally that I want to lean toward West Ham here. We talked about it. Like, yes, they were the slightly better side. XG had it uh, 2.1 to 1.4 in favor of the Hammers. I'm not really looking to, uh, you know, bet them to advance necessarily because I do, I do think Frankfurt's going to end up getting through here. But I, I would lean West Ham. I think they have a good chance to get this into extra time. The most interesting thing for me in the first leg, uh, and it, it was kind of, difficult to really break it down. Like I said, because, you know, 
Frankfurt's, we don't know what their game plan was going in, but it definitely was more conservative than it was going to be after the first minute when you score the way they did. So the biggest question for me, West Ham has not been good at breaking down lower blocks in the Prem this year. It's just been a major struggle for them, especially the second half of the season. And now they're going to have to do that against a team who is very capable on the counter. So that's really the biggest question mark. West Ham still has injury issues at center back, which definitely mattered, I thought, in the first leg. But again, they, they did not look great against Arsenal today. So I'm not, I'm not really sure what to make of this match. But I didn't bet the first leg, and I'm more likely than not sitting out the second leg as well. And we'll be just rooting on my Leipzig boys to make the final. Oh, disgusting. Um, sorry. I'm, well, we'll get to Rangers and Leipzig in a second. But I have, I have some big-time thoughts on the, the Scottish Giants, but I am going to be playing West Ham in this one. I do show some projected value on them on the road here. They're the team that doesn't need to win. You're getting them plus money on the draw no bet line, which I think is had, does have some value. Kurt Zuma being back is obviously huge for West Ham with Diop being out, obviously Ogbonna done for the season. You know, Craig Dawson was suspended against Arsenal, so they had to play Cresswell alongside Zuma, um, which Zuma did play in the first leg here against Frankfurt. That's Big, at least having two center backs back for them. I think it's huge. They've been able to rotate guys. They've been very clear in their lineup choices in the Premier League and here that the Europa League matters way more to them than the Premier League. They rested Antonio and Soychek for most of the match against Arsenal and brought him on for the last uh, 15 minutes or so uh, on Sunday. But, I mean, they were just the better side against Frankfurt. I understand the early goal changes things, but... 26 shot-creating actions to 11. I mean, West Ham hit the post three times. They were incredibly unfortunate to not yeah. at least have this level going back to to, to Germany. So, uh, I mean, after the first goal, I mean, 2.1 to 1.1 expected goals uh, is, is pretty dominant of a performance from the Hammers. And, and listen, I know they've been sliding in the Premier League. I know that they were lucky to get by Leon in, in, the, in the quarterfinals. But this is a team with a lot of talent. Jared Bowen is really, really starting to find the form that we saw back in January and February when we were, sorry, December and January when we were starting to talk him as like the most informed attacker in the Premier League. So with his form getting back to elite level, I, I really boosts this West Ham attack. Um, and I, I do believe that the Hammers, given the fact that, listen, they haven't done a good job at, breaking down low blocks, but they've done an unbelievable job at at least controlling possession and keeping teams inside their final third. I mean, you saw in the first leg against Frankfurt, they did it a couple times to Arsenal on Sunday. Obviously they need to win, but even if they don't get through and don't get the goal, I don't think Frankfurt, especially what we saw when they had a lead against Barcelona in the, the quarterfinals, they almost had one of the most epic collapses of all time against Barcelona. So given the fact that Frankfurt has to, they're going to sit in deep. They're going to play very defensive. I do like West Ham draw no bets, protect yourself against a draw on the road, getting plus money. And I mean, listen for the season, West Ham now has a minus 0.5 expected goal differential after being, you know, plus 10 or so for most of the, the first half of the season. I mean, Frankfurt's still minus five in the Bundesliga. And if you look at UEFA coefficients, England is by far, a more difficult league than the Bundesliga. So given Frank, given West Ham that edge, I mean, the, the difference between the Premier League and Germany basically takes away that home field advantage. So basically you would say, 
All right. West Ham is essentially the better side. You're getting them a plus money on the draw no bet line. I like the hammers uh, to, I, I don't really like them to advance. I agree with you on that, but I do like them on the draw no bet, protecting yourself against a draw. All right, let's move on to what I think is actually the more interesting match of the two semifinals. Rangers hosting RB Leipzig. RB Leipzig is taking a 1-0 advantage from the match. Angelino 85th minute goal to win one nothing. RB Leipzig is a minus 110 road favorite. Rangers sitting at plus 270 with the draw at plus 280. Leipzig is minus 700 to advance. Rangers sitting at plus 470 to get to the final. This is going to be incredibly fun because for those who don't know or have never really watched Scottish uh, football before, Rangers is one of the... I'll say it like one of the biggest clubs in England, given their performances through the sixties and seventies, the Ibrox stadium is one of the most hostile environments in all of Europe up there in Glasgow. What's, what's interesting. And just to give everybody a little history lesson on Rangers, this is a club that has won 55 Scottish premier league titles. They won a European cup in 1971. They've been to the final twice in the sixties in 2012. They went into administration because they took on way too much debt and the agreement was they had to be placed in the fourth tier of Scottish football. So they made their way from the fourth tier all the way back up to the Scottish premiership. It's almost like a team has this, this club, one of the big, the, them and Celtic are the two biggest clubs in Scotland. They both in Glasgow. This team has rot, risen from the ashes. Now they're in a Europa league semifinal in front of one of the most hostile crowds in all of Europe. This is going to be, an unbelievable atmosphere in Scotland. And I really, really do think Rangers has a chance of getting to the final. I'm probably not going to be betting them plus 270 on the money line. If you're going to do that, bet them plus 470 to advance. I mean, it's a one goal deficit. You know, you're, you're getting so many better, so much better odds. If this is a two goal deficit. Yeah, it'd be a little bit of a different story. But RB Leipzig really wasn't, I didn't think was that impressive in Germany. I mean, 14 shot creating actions, 1.5 expected goals created. Rangers just sat down on a low block, kind of similar to what they did against Dortmund uh, in the two legs of the Europa uh, League knockout playoffs. And they just looked to counter against them. And they did have a couple of successful counters that just didn't end in high quality shots. I mean, they only had 0.2 expected goals for the match. So you can't really say that they had somewhat of chances, but they did have five shots inside Leipzig's penalty area. That's the same amount that Leipzig had in their penalty area. Like this really wasn't a completely dominant Leipzig performance. So going on the road, given the fact that Leipzig doesn't need to win this match, given the overperformance we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast, I mean, plus 33 actual goal differential versus plus 17.2 expected goal differential. They're almost doubling their actual, what their expected output is. So I mean, I have this match closer to a pick I love Rangers plus half a goal at minus 110 at home. And I truly believe that they're going to cause some problems to Leipzig because they had almost a 37% pressure success rate in that first leg. It wasn't like they just sat back uh, and didn't you know, provide Leipzig any type of pressure. They successfully pressured them and got out on the counter a few times. So I'm truly believing in this Rangers squad to at least get a result here in the first leg or the second leg, excuse me. What are your thoughts on... Rangers Leipzig, Anthony. Yeah, Rangers two extra days of rest, uh, or one extra sure. day of rest rather. Yep. Uh, played Celtic today. Uh, will 
And then uh, Leipzig has Frankfurt tomorrow, or Leipzig has Gladbach tomorrow, rather. Frankfurt playing. I'm thinking, what are you thinking? Four goals off a 1.5 expected for Leipzig on Monday? We are recording this on Sunday, just for everybody out there. Yeah, I mean, they're playing Gladbach, so they'll probably get about eight expected goals. But uh, so I I lean toward uh, Leipzig again. I'm just higher on this team than I am on the rest of the competition. But I I think if you like Leipzig here, you, you shouldn't bet them to win this match. You should bet them to win the tournament because they're still only minus 120. And we got a, a very favorable result, in my opinion, in the first match of the other leg because we're getting Frankfurt is now the favorite to advance over West Ham. And I mentioned this before. One, I always like domestic teams playing against each other when I have the better team because I think that gives an advantage to the team when there's more familiarity. The better team gets the advantage. And over two legs this year, I know they drew both matches. But Leipzig created over four expected goals, conceded less than one against Frankfurt. Uh, they just totally dominated that matchup. So if you like Leipzig here and you think they're you know going to go through, don't bet them on the money line because, like you said, there is no incentive to win. A draw is a good result for them. It is a difficult place to play. If it's tied late, it's going to be Rangers pushing for the goal, not Leipzig. And so I think all that has to be considered. And that's why I'm not really touching this match in terms of a single game betting perspective. But um, well, that's one thing. The other thing, I do lean toward the over. But also, if you like Leipzig and you still haven't bet them yet, they're still only minus 120 to win this tournament. And I really do think they're much, much better than both Frankfurt and West Ham. So I think we just need to get through this match with a draw here. Uh, and, and we're going to be in pretty good shape. And hopefully, you know, I gave out the plus 120, 125 last week. We're, we're feeling pretty good about that right now. Yeah. So to your point, when... Leipzig met Frankfurt on March 20th at home. They were a minus 245 home favorite. So that was on the money line, right? That was on the money line. So to your point, they're not going to be lower than minus 120 uh, to win this. Right. They're going to probably be be, minus 200 ish. Yeah. Somewhere in there. So you definitely getting some value. If you truly think that Leipzig is going to win, like I, I agree with you. I, I do think Leipzig is going to get through eventually, but uh, at minus 110, there's nowhere I'm touching them to win this match when they don't need to. So um, I'll be on Rangers. I do agree with you that Leipzig does have some value um, to win the entire Europa League. I mean, even if they face West Ham, they're going to be at least minus 150 against them. And so, I feel very good about that matchup. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to the Europa Conference League second legs. Let's first start. These are Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Let's start with Marseille hosting Feyenoord, Marseille is plus 110 on the money line. Feyenoord sitting at plus 205 with the draw at plus 270. It was a chaotic first match between these two in the Netherlands. Feyenoord came away with a 3-2 victory. Expected goals were Feyenoord 2.3 to Marseille 1.8. I am pretty much very close to the actual odds on this. I have Marseille at plus 138, so not... A ton of value. If anything, I definitely lean towards Feyenoord in this match. But what are your thoughts on what I think is going to be maybe similar to Rangers Leipzig, maybe one of the more fun matches of Thursday? Yeah, I wish they staggered them a little bit. You know, uh, all four matches at 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday makes for a fun Galasso show. But uh, in terms of wanting to watch all these matches, I can't really do that at once and enjoy them all. So disappointing there. But I like Feyenoord again. And if you listen to the show last week, I gave out Feyenoord to advance and Roma to advance, and we're, we're, we're in decent shape on both. Nord taking the one-goal lead to Marseille. This is the spot I was targeting for a single-game play because I do like 
that I'm getting the, the road dog price on Feyenoord in a matchup where I like them. And I talked about this last week. Marseille is so slow in build-up. They're very patient in possession. It's very Sampaoli-esque. Uh, their manager, Jorge Sampaoli, they sit and they pass and they work their way up the field very slowly. And then Payet does some magic or Gerson and they score well over their expected goals somehow. Well, when they play an effective counterattacking team that like Feyenoord is very capable of being, uh, I think they can get exposed a little bit. And I think that's exactly how this game kind of sets up to be where they're going to lose the ball. And then Feyenoord is very effective in direct transition. So I like Feyenoord plus a half. I know it's a little juicy. You can take the plus a quarter too, if you don't want to lay the juice, but uh, minus 130, minus 40 are out there on the Nord. Uh, I'm invested into advance. I'm going to add some as well on the plus here, uh, the dog price, because I do think probably ends in a draw, but Feyenoord will be advancing to the Europa Conference League final. Boy, I hope so. I don't know if I can deal with Marseille winning a trophy. Marseille also losing on the weekend to Lyon. Yep, 3 0. Yeah, the same in inbound. While Feyenoord beat uh, Fortuna Sittard on the road on Sunday. All right, let's move on to. Very difficult place to play for Fortuna Sittard. <laughs> Exactly. If if anybody has uh, some extra time, go look at some of the names in the Dutch era to be say they're very funny. One of my favorite teams, the Go Ahead Eagles. Uh, love them. Um, anyway, let's move on to the second tie here in the Europa Conference League, second leg. Roma hosting Leicester. Roma is sitting at plus 110. Leicester is sitting at plus 235, but the draw also at plus 235. The first leg was quite interesting because it was a a throwback Jose Mourinho type performance. They get an early goal and they just try to park the bus, sit on the lead and take it back to Italy. So you look at XG and you see Roma 0.23 to Leicester 1.7. And I'll be honest, I didn't get to see a ton of this match because I was a little focused on the two Europa League ties, but just looking at that, it was just, okay, this was a Mourinho park the bus type performance, but as we go back here, now the fact that Roma needs to win, I mean, I, my thoughts really haven't changed from what we talked about in the first leg. Uh, this is Roma is clearly a way better side than Leicester, even though Leicester somewhat dominated that first leg at the King Power Stadium. I mean, for the season, Roma's at about a plus 22 expected goal differential. Leicester's around minus 11. Leicester just got thrashed by Tottenham on Sunday. You know, Roma was held to a 0-0 draw with... Bologna, who also uh, beat Inter in the midweek. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I have Roma at minus 109. So I do show a little bit of value on them, and I'll probably end up playing them here in the second leg because I'm just really not a believer in this Leicester defense, especially if Leicester gets caught having to sit in deep for the entire match and try to play two low blocks. They're just not a team that's designed to do that and do it successfully. So uh, I'll be taking Roma most likely at plus 110. What are your thoughts on Roma versus Leicester? Are you going to hold on to your to advance ticket and just play that? Or are you actually going to play something else in this match? Yeah, no play for me here. I liked the dog spot for them in the first leg and I like them to advance. I don't want them as a favorite because I think Leicester can do some quick strike stuff and play deeper and then try to run and transition. But the set piece thing, I just cannot get over that. Uh, they are the number one set piece team in Italy this season based on expected goals. And we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. Leicester City continues to be rubbish defending set pieces. And again, today conceding off a corner 
to Tottenham. So I don't want any part of Leicester. I do also show value on Roma, uh, but not to the point where I'm going to be doubling down on my to advance ticket, which is still ahead, but not safe at all being that it's tied on aggregate. So uh, come on, Roma, Jose need his, need his knockout tournament magic to, uh, to help out here and, and get us into the final. Yeah, we need another Jose to get another trophy. He doesn't have enough for his well, career. He, look, he'll be the first ever manager to win the Europa Conference League, and he will make sure everybody knows it. Exactly, and he should make sure everybody knows that. All right, let's move on to the best bets portion of the segment. Anthony, what is your best bet for the Champions League for the second legs? I'm going to chase a little payment here. You know, We're going to go Man City minus one and a half, plus 270, I also like Man City on the money line. I am going to wait until we get more news on Kyle Walker and whether or not he's playing at right back. I just think he's really important to their defensive structure, playing as a sweeper, preventing balls in over the top. And of course, in this matchup, guarding Venetius Jr. and not allowing him to just run wild up the left wing. But overall, I think we saw in the first leg, City is the dramatically better side overall. They created the lion's share of the chances. They had most of the good chances. And really... Yes, Real Madrid has run unbelievably well. They may continue to run well forever, but regression would suggest that there is some coming for this team, and Real Madrid continues to overperform to the point where I think their defense is going to get exposed, just eighth best in La Liga, and I think their attack at some point has to cool off because no one has ever run as hot as Karim Benzema has run in the last few months. As much as I love him and appreciate his greatness, one more time, I'm fading Karim. I'm going Man City minus one and a half plus 270 to win the match. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Manchester City plus 110 to win the match. I have them projected at minus 109, so I'm showing a little value on them. The addition of Jao Cancelo coming back into the lineup is going to be huge for Manchester City, whether Pep uses him at a right back or a left back. If he uses him at right, it'll protect him against Vinicius Jr., who obviously had the incredible move against Fernandinho to get Real Madrid their second goal. But as we've already mentioned, I mean, Real Madrid's three goals came off of a okay header that Kareem Benzema just put away. Vinicius Jr. thrashed Fernandinho down the, the wing, and then just a lucky handball penalty is how they got their three goals, while Manchester City kept coming and kept coming and created so many chances right at the net, scored in the first two minutes of the match. It's, you know, expected goals was was 2.5 to 1.6. You take out that penalty, it's Manchester City 2.5 to 0.9. So incredibly dominant performance from them in the first leg. Real Madrid's center backs just aren't able to handle the amount of attackers that Manchester City are able to throw at them, especially with Manchester City swinging in crosses, like the first goal to Kevin De Bruyne. It's just a city team that is way more dominant. And if Pep Guardiola wants to play his normal style, they're going to control 60% of the possession, force Real Madrid to defend for a majority of the match, which they've already shown not only in La Liga, but in the knockout round that they are not capable of doing if you go back to the matches against PSG and Chelsea. So I am with you. I love Manchester City plus 110 on the money line to win this match in Madrid. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Wonder Goal. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to like, rate, and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're listening to this in podcast form, please follow us and give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. Make sure to go download the Action Network app. You can follow Anthony and myself, not only all our Champions League picks, but all of our soccer picks throughout the week. We'll be back on 
Thursday morning, breaking down the entire weekend slate in the top five leagues in Europe. Hopefully, Michael Leboff will be back in the host chair. So for Anthony DeBundo, I'm BJ Cunningham. Thank you all for listening, and good luck with your wagers this week.